0: You're listening to Upstate HR, the HR podcast for non HR businesses in upstate New York. Negotiations are tricky by nature. Employees need to feel valuable and businesses need to grow carefully. Today, we'll talk about what's important to both sides at the negotiation table and how to walk away with dignity and valuable compromise. We'll also hear more valuable insight from Megan Cole alongside Matt and myself. Stay tuned. Upstate HR is brought to you by Labor Love. For only $8 a month, you'll receive a new labor law poster automatically every time there's an update. With Labor Love, you'll never have to worry about poster compliance again. Visit laborlove.co for details. Laborlove, Love, love what you do, leave the labor to us. And by Burr Consulting, LLC. In today's world of ever-changing and evolving labor and employment law, payroll processes, employee relation issues, and the complexity of a work-life balance we all face, understanding and addressing these issues can create multiple challenges in legal liability. Burr Consulting offers you affordable human resources consulting for both profit and not-for-profit organizations. Visit burrconsultingllc.com today, strategically aligning HR as a partner for the success of your business. Now let's get started. So today we're talking about negotiating with your employers, or as it were, with your employees if you are the employer. You are the HR manager. Um, Negotiations are are touchy things, and it's it's one thing to negotiate with somebody who has not been offered a job yet and trying to stick to your guns about what you're going to pay or what your business can afford. Um, It's another thing, certainly, to negotiate with uh, current employees who are looking for a raise or looking for more incentives and that kind of thing. So... um, Let's start with just uh, you know, I guess your side of it, Matt, has been um, with the experience of negotiating for businesses, right, or for your for yourself as an employee. Well, I think a, a mix of
1: of everything. Okay, uh, you know, as the HR rep for an organization. Um, you know, as an employee myself, leveraging what my what I bring to the table, and then uh, negotiating against labor unions as well as the the management representatives. So I've had, uh, I guess, a wide range of experience in negotiation.
0: Okay. And uh, <clears throat> well, let's start with um, what's been the most fun that you've had at the negotiating table on either side. <laughs> Uh, I think I think creativity is fun.
1: It's it's trying to put a deal together that works, um, you know, for the company and the employee. I'm always thinking of uh, alternatives on, on how to negotiate what's going to work for the employee and what's going to uh, work for the employer. Um, it's got to be a win win. Yeah. And and if you can't come to the table with a win win negotiation. Um, you know, somebody's going to walk away. And in my experience, um, you know, I've had some lowball offers and I've had, you know, significant offers on the table next to it and take it or leave it. No problem. I'll yeah. walk away because I've got one sitting right next to it. So mm-hmm. you never know what people are holding in their back pocket when you're negotiating
0: with them. So you've got to be professional and uh, you know honest at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's key. Remembering that there are two sides to the to the negotiation, and therefore, kind of remembering that um, if you can structure something that benefits both right. sides, you're you're gonna have a, an advantage of maybe getting met somewhere in the middle. Whereas if you walk in the door and you're only thinking about what you can get out of the conversation, you're probably less likely to walk away with anything.
1: Right. You know, I don't want to call it low ball, but offer a low figure to start and not being, you know, real upfront with, with the person, hey, what's going to make you happy? I think it's easier to have that discussion. What are you looking for versus throwing a number out there? I always... When I negotiate for a company, I'm always asking that question up front. Now, if you're the employee, if you're smart, you're going to throw it right back at the person. What's your range? Mm-hmm. Every company should have a range, in my opinion. People need to know that up front. I think smart negotiators know there's a range, and they've probably already done homework ahead of time to know what that range is with the levels
0: and bonuses, vacations,
1: policies, things mm-hmm. like that. So
0: Yeah. Now... Um have you ever been in a situation where, you know, it's a current employee, they're looking for a raise or they're looking for more benefits maybe and um, not somebody that you want to lose, but maybe somewhere where they can't meet them with what they're asking for? You know, I've had a couple of experiences
1: where it's a it's, uh, current employee's. Um, that might have taken on more responsibility, or, or looking to advance in their career, where they have, uh, you know, they they do want a range, or they do want to get you know closer to a midpoint, or start to get towards the the higher point in the in the range, and, and that's a delicate conversation because you've got to be uh, be aware of the internal equity uh, and budgeting too. You can't you can't outprice yourself and start paying way too much money. You're going mm-hmm. to put yourself out of business that way. So. Mm-hmm it's definitely a delicate conversation to have, um, you know, and, and they need to me, if you're walking into your boss's office, um, you know, with that type of demand, what are you doing differently to get that type of money? You know I mean? I, when I was an HR manager in Michigan, um, my boss asked me to take on, you know, uh, the security department and that was another 10 or 11 direct reports. And I, I, you know, I was up front and said we're, we're going to talk about my rate, my salary, before we I even agree to doing that. And you know, that's a that's a big change in in um, uh, responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. So I was direct up front. This is what I'm looking for. You know, I did end up getting a five percent increase out of it because I would you know, held my ground and said, look, Mm -hmm. you're asking me to take on a bunch of uh, responsibilities, so there's got to be some incentive for me as well. Now, if a company can't uh, come up 5%, can you throw an additional week of vacation? Vacation costs a company basically nothing, in Mm -hmm. my opinion. Um, Vacation, sick time, something like that, where there is an, an added value, maybe... Paying for a certification or training,
0: something, you know, you get creative in those situations. So So let's arm uh, the companies here for a minute with a question about what's most important to employees. So I think, you know, if a a business owner, if an HR manager comes to the table and they want to keep somebody in place, they want to keep a current employee, but maybe can't meet all of the demands or the, the things that they're asking, um, how do you get at the heart of, of like what's most important so that you can get sort of the most bang for your buck
1: then? Well, I think, I think companies assume, organizations assume that money is always the driver for people. Yeah. Uh, in my situation, it was because I owed $74,000 in student loans. Yeah. So I took the highest offer and negotiated for all kinds of sign-ons and everything else. Yeah. At the time, it was important to me. Salary was important. Not always important to people, right? Um, Work-life balance is important. Maybe working from home remotely one day a week is important to someone. An additional week of vacation. A paid vacation might be important to them. Continuing education might be important to them. Um, Student loan repayment program might be important to them. Uh, Something like that is Mm -hmm. there's a lot of value. A one-time lump sum bonus might be all that they need, instead of uh, starting to uh, to to raise your rate every year, just that bonus of of whatever it might be, fifteen hundred or two thousand dollars, that could be huge for someone. Mm-hmm. So, gym membership, who knows? You yeah. know, something like that might uh, might suffice. So, yeah,
0: and I, I I I asked that question because there are um, a lot of studies that have been done about. You know, once you reach a base salary and you're you're able to afford the things that you want, then and that's usually past a number like seventy-five thousand sure. dollars a year or something, um, depending on where it is, of course. But once you get past that hurdle, then yeah, salary becomes less important and it becomes more about that work-life balance. And I think, you know, as as companies especially think about hiring younger people, um, I've seen in, in the areas of workforce development and and working with a lot of younger people that what's important is having that balance, having a little bit of freedom, even being able to come to the negotiation table and saying, okay, you can't offer me any more money right now, but, um, as long as I'm getting the job done, can I have a little bit more flexibility right. in my nine-to-five? That yeah. kind of thing might go a really long way. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, <clears throat> you're absolutely
1: right. I, you know, I think that it's twofold. Some people are money-driven. Mm. That's all, you know, they're very competitive. They want the, you know, the McMansion and the BMW. And, and I think that um, in the millennial generation, it's going to be a switch in mentality where it is more of a work-life balance. But again, it depends on the person. And I I think uh, you've got to know the person and kind of what's important to them. But, you know, at the same time, I'm never uh, afraid of asking, what's important to you? You know, how can we make this a win-win situation? And maybe it is flexibility. Maybe it is a a day, a month working from home. I mean, some of that stuff is is very engaging to people. Um, It depends on the person. Again, you've got to be consistent with what you, you know, the deals you cut with people. But, um, you know, I, again, there's value in, in in becoming creative with these uh, negotiations as well.
0: Yeah, and it becomes, kind of seems like it becomes then more of a compromise than maybe a, a negotiation, which they're similar words, right, but right. with different connotations. Yeah,
1: and I mean, I think negotiation, people think that it's it's a very... Uh, you know, us versus them or me versus the company type of uh, mentality in union negotiations. A lot of times it is, depending on your relationship. But um, if you're open in, in in your communication and discuss things up front and know ahead of time what's important, you know, you're, you're going to have a deal done pretty quick. And, and it's going to be a win-win for both play, both the employee and the employer, depending on policy. You know, you can't, yeah. you can't all of a sudden start giving a week an additional week to someone and not the other person. Cause then you get into legal issues and things yeah. like that. So,
0: yeah, I like that question though. What's important to yeah. you so that, you know, if it's just that they're struggling with their <clears throat> cell phone bill, maybe you can put them on a yeah. business phone plan or something.
1: I, you know, I recruited a high level like senior engineer methods guy from Washington to come work in, in, uh, in Michigan. And he worked for our organization and another plan for 20, 25 years. and, I asked him right up front, you know, what, what's it going to take to get you back to the Midwest? He told me the salary, the number of weeks of vacation, I mean, that was it, man. There was no negotiation yeah. because we needed the talent in the, in the organization and boom, general manager said give it to him and that was a done deal. I mean, right. it was, again, it depends on how bad you need someone as well, right? right. So. And I think it's important as human resource professionals to recognize that you can be the advocate. Um, I know, speaking as a millennial, that sometimes it's hard for us to walk into the negotiation because we're thinking that all we can negotiate with is compensation. Yeah. Um, and you know, those of us who are reading blogs and things are kind of up on it, but everybody else is—you know—we're walking into negotiations with human resource managers who maybe fall into a different generation, yeah. who can guide us, can <clears throat> offer us a little bit of guidance, and say, okay. I can't give you five percent, but I could give you these other pieces, yeah. yeah. Um, and I would say on both sides, don't take the first offer ever, okay. Um, both as the employee and as the employer, because chances are you're missing something, yeah, almost I've, always. Yeah, and I've done that you know tw- once or twice in my career. I've looked back as regretful decisions where I've taken on much more responsibility in another company and gotten basically a lateral pay move and you know it's something that I look back on and say I really failed in that negotiation and I mean again it, a fail is just a lesson you know it, you can't look at it as well that was a terrible decision well we all we all make terrible decisions right so, um, so so there's definitely benefit to having the practice and experience but preparations key in these situations you need to have questions uh, up up front you need to know what's important. Uh, to the employer and the employee and have it listed out and, and come with facts and data. And this is what we can do and, and uh, be as open as you can during the process.
0: Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Upstate HR Podcast. If you have any ideas on the topics we should cover, send us an email at ideas at upstatehrpodcast.com. Tell your friends and coworkers to subscribe in the iTunes podcast store. And thank you for listening.